you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky here. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good because football is right around the corner, DJ. And I don't know what it looks like in college. And I've seen what it's looking like in high school in terms of moving to uh, the spring or the calendar year 2021. But the NFL looks like it's ready to go. And I'm excited to have any form of football that we can get this season. Yeah, I feel confident. I feel I feel good about the fact we're going to be able to get to the starting line. You know, that's the first thing. You can't have a season if you don't start the season. So I feel I'm feeling better about things. We're going to be able to get this season kicked off. Um, I think the protocols that are in place, even the eliminate elimination of preseason games. I think everything is, is every precaution is being taken. The daily testing, all these different measures to get us to the start of the season. Now there's going to be some things that are going to be challenging as we start the season. But I feel good at least at this point in time we're going to get to the start of the season. 
Yeah, I feel really good about that. I, I, I feel good about the progress that has been made. I, I feel good about the protocols that they're putting in place and uh, the slow run up to the season. All of those things uh, I'm excited about. I do wonder what it's going to look like from an economic sense, even though that's not necessarily in my in my realm, in my expertise no. in terms of that. But I'm curious what that looks like and how that's going to impact the team building process going forward. If there's a salary cap reduction or if it stays flat and how teams will have to build around those challenges. But but now that we're seeing rookies getting signed, we're seeing rookies show up to camp. We have veterans uh, reporting on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited and I'm excited to see which teams view the challenges as opportunities, which teams are prepared for the moment to take advantage of the way that they're preparing to start the season. We kind of talked about it uh, on the last podcast, which teams are going to be able to be different to start the season to give themselves an advantage. I'm really um Curious because I think coaching and development matters more than any part of the process this year more than any other year. Can I give you my uh, my free T-shirt design for your for your football team for your high school football team? Okay, what you got? So, so all it says it's going to say 2020, the year of, and it's going to have obstacles and it's going to have a line through it, and then underneath it it's going to say opportunities. Ooh, that's that's our T-shirt. God, we gotta start. Like we gotta start that. a move the sticks T-shirt company, I like man. I like that. Look, start selling man, those I, I like that. I'm, I mean, I've listened to so many coaches and podcasts and everything else. Like, I got, I got slogans for days. Like, yeah. if you, you open up my little, my little journal, I got slogans for days. I got everything <laughs> that you need, need in there. You need a quote. I got a quote for you. I can quote Bruce Lee. I can quote anybody and everybody. So, I, um, I, I am excited about that. But I do think, like, this is a time, and I think this has been a great reset. Having a uh, a conversation with the AFC offensive coach. Um, you know, we talked for about an hour just about like how different this is. And he said to DJ, he said like, it's weird because it's been different, but I feel better going into the regular season now than I ever have. I've worked out. I've had time. I've had time with the family. I've recharged the battery. I feel from a preparation standpoint, I have all the plans in place. I've I felt like I, I had a good series of sessions virtually with my team. The only thing we need to do is get to camp. He said, now, I know we have to get on the field and get the players right. He said, but Buck, from a mental standpoint, I feel like I am at my best because I'm not as tired as I normally would be having logging those long hours that I normally would log throughout the offseason leading into the regular season. It's very interesting. And, and by the way, we're going to have a conversation with – uh, Thomas Dimitrov, general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, going into his 13th year there. Had a chance to visit with him. You can catch that on the TV show, which will be Thursday uh, this evening as we're recording this, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can uh, find the show. It'll be re-aired throughout the weekend. But you can uh, look forward to that. We're going to roll that interview a little bit later on in the podcast. But, Buck, there's so many fascinating conversations I've had with guys around the league. I know you're having the same ones, some that you mentioned. Uh, one of one one of the conversations was a conversation with with a coach and a, and a player, and this is a rookie player uh, that's coming in this year. And we've talked about it. We talk about it on the TV show the the challenges and the obstacles ahead for these rookies. This kid though was bummed when they were talking about not the elimination of the preseason games, but just that there was going to be this ramp up. Right, we're going to have that. I think it's fourteen days potentially where you're just conditioning and not playing. And he he said something that I didn't even never thought of this. He said, during the pandemic, I worked my butt off 
and I'm ready to go day one. I'm ready to take somebody's job. And he wants to come in and compete right now. And he said, now all they're going to do is give some of these guys that have been slacking off two weeks to try and catch up to where my fitness level is. Um, so it was an interesting way. I never would have thought of looking at it that way. No, I, I think about that. And I think about it as it relates to the NBA and the NBA bubble. Um, having looked at a lot of stuff on the Miami Heat and the culture that Pat Riley has created there and how they are, man, sticklers for fitness and, and conditioning and all of those things. Those teams who are really uh, on point about the fitness and conditioning and building that what I call competitive stamina, they have advantages. Some of that will be negated a little bit by the slow run up to the season because now what you're talking about is a six-week training camp. In yeah. six weeks, you can typically traditionally get your team ready to go. Um, so I understand what that, that young player was talking about. Like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm losing some of that. He, he, he is losing some of those advantages. But if his fitness level is at that level, his stamina is going to surpass whatever those people that are kind of ramping it up. He'll be able to kind of play at a higher level because his physical conditioning won't be there. So he'd be able to focus a little more on his mind and stay in tune with what he's being asked to do. It kind of reminded me of, uh, remember when you'd be in school, and I didn't do this very often, trust me, but if you'd studied hard for an exam and then you show up that morning and they go, you know what, guys, I'm feeling good, open book. Like you can, you can open like, book no! today. And like, what no. the heck? I just, I just spent all that time studying, and now it's open book. Come on. <laughs> yes, I mean, like that's that's kind of the thing. Like, um, it, it doesn't guarantee anything, but I do believe if your team does report in shape, it allows you maybe to skip a couple steps when it comes to that because. I think people will approach the first part of the run-up differently, depending on the fitness level of your team. Uh, even though it's strength and conditioning, there is a way for you to get the individual work in, to get them moving around and do some of those things where they can develop their skills individually. That will help them um, assimilate, acclimate quicker when we do some of the, the group stuff. Uh, you hope that everyone has been working out. You hope that you don't have many guys that come in kind of poor condition. But, I mean, it's one of those things. When you have 80 guys, everybody working on a different thing, and you have the virtual deal, it, I mean, it changes. It changes the way that you have to evaluate your team when they come in. It's going to be different. Another thing that's going to be different, and by the way, our, our, uh, our guy Mark here throw another quote up for us. Hard work guarantees you nothing, but without it, you don't stand a chance. So add that one to your list if you don't already have that in your little notebook wow, I d- there. I didn't, I didn't have that in my list. So I have yeah. to ask Mark where you, where you got that. I, I, I he might have all, just made that up. I, 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 that might I be from... All, have all that kinds, might be from uh, all kinds from, of things. Yeah, from from, uh, from Rap Miley, not Pat. Riley, <laughs> uh, but apparently, that's legitimate. I, I'm being told it's a legitimate quote. Um, but everything's going to be different, including uh, the team playing in Washington in the NFC East, who no longer has a a uh, not a mascot. What do we call that? A, no, uh, they don't have a mascot. Nickname. They don't have a nickname. They don't have a nickname. No mascot. Like they're they're what are the they Washington. Called? What are they? The Washington Football Team. Established in WFT. Yes. Yeah. They didn't give give you the initials, the the acronym that we could. No, they didn't give you that. They didn't make Uh, it. You know, DJ, I I actually, I actually like this. And I like this. Stop. Stop. I think it should be a permanent deal for them. And here's why. When everyone is zigging, I think it's okay to zag. When you think about uh, soccer teams or football, that's what they do when you think about 
Real anyway. Madrid. You think about all those football clubs. Like, that is a big part of the culture over there. I think for Washington, it enables them to be different. It also enables them to keep their colors and do something different. The biggest thing that I had, and I put this out to Twitter, what do we do with the helmet? Do we go yeah. Penn State? Do we go kind of like the, the burgundy with the gold stripe? Do we put numbers on the side of the helmet? Do we completely change it and just go plain like day one of, of training camp plain, just tape on the helmet? Like, what do we do? What do we do with the helmet? I, that's what I'm that's what I'm curious to see how they approach I'm thinking it. like I'm thinking like, you know, the NBA logo is the Jerry West silhouette, <laughs> right? And they call him the logo. So why don't you just take a prominent member? I mean, is it Doug like a Doug Williams silhouette on the side of the helmet? I mean, what are, what are we going with here? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, you know, so so I wonder. I think it gives them an opportunity to be different. I think it gives them an opportunity to be uh, reset. I think if you're Ron Rivera and you play a part of this, um, what you have to do is like, hey, look, we're no nonsense. We're just about our business. Um, we don't need no, a stinking logo. We don't need a mascot. We're just coming to play. It gives them a chance to do some of the stuff that the Cleveland Browns have done. The yeah. Cleveland Browns haven't had a logo or anything on their helmet for years. All right, so the, I want to do this real quick. This is not totally unscripted here. But because uh, you were when you were saying that, I was thinking of soccer players that, you know, like Pele didn't have a, you know, just went by one name. Yes. So you, were, you tweeted out something about, like, famous musicians. Musicians. Prince. Let's go rap, rapid fire. I'll, I'll go, you go, and see how long we can keep it going with one names. Uh, one okay. name, people. All right. Cher. Mm, Seal. Bono. Dang it. Flea. Sting. Dang it. Oh, you're losing, man. Whew. Is Jay-Z one? Is Jay-Z no, one? No, that's a high... F- well, I'll, give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Pink. Pink. <laughs> Pink. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of gas. Uh, Nabil's saying Tupac, but Tupac Shakur, we know his last name. Yeah, no, he has, he has Nabil, you're out of this game. You're already out. That, you already lost. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't count. Man, I, I might have exhausted. Did I exhaust all my things? Who else can I think of? Adele? Madonna. Madonna. I said Adele. Adele? Okay. Madonna. Madonna. Madonna after that. Hmm. They're not, they're not many, but they have to be great typically. Yeah. Right? Who else we got? Cardi B doesn't count. Yeah, it's a hyphen. But if you're going to give you Jay Z, I guess I can give you Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> the B is the the B is the the last initial. Um, uh, there's got to be other. Are there other soccer players? No, nah, like 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 you you, you can you have to be you have to be great to 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 do that. Like to go one name. In in, in my way, in in a way, I think is kind of bold and arrogant. To already just said do Sting, that. Mark. I already said Sting. Yeah. Is it's kind of it's kind of bold to to do that. Hey, no, nah, we don't we don't need a stinking mascot. We just show up. Yeah. You know, I kind of like it. I dig it. I can't wait to see. I'm, I, I can't wait to Ooh. see what the renderings are. Ooh, slash. Who's what is what is he? He's a the guitarist for Guns N' Roses with the top hat. Don't act like you don't. don't I don't know who Slash is. Yeah, I mean, Guns N' Roses. Come on, Buck. Okay. All right. Oh, Nabil did say Beyonce, but we know Beyonce Knowles. You're Oprah too, Nabil. I mean, it's like saying Oprah. Oprah's known as Oprah. We know her Oprah Winfrey. Like, you can't know the last name. That's not how this game works. Nabil needs to go back, get his $400 haircut, and sit this one out. Because next he's going to say Giannis. But everyone yeah. knows we only call Giannis because we don't want to say his last name with yeah, all the LeBron. Problems. What about LeBron? <laughs> LeBron. Yeah, I know his last name. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Uh, all right, Buck. Hey, what do you say? Let's get to the conversation we had uh, with Thomas Dimitrov, and uh, we'll come out the backside of that and react to it. Here's our chat we had with the Falcons general manager. He's the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov. All right, TD, first question for you. I, I mentioned 13th year, right? 13th year, the GM of the Falcons coming up. What was more challenging, that first year where you're, you're kind of flying blind and new to this job, or the one you currently find yourself in in a unique environment we've never seen before? Look, I say this all the time. I mean, that first year, honestly, the first one, two, and three years, you're just struggling to get your head above water. You're looking around. Yes, you have a lot of opinions, but you're, you're cashing out on it because you're trying to focus to keep yourself you know, on top of everything. As you move in through this job, you have more ideas, more opinions. Quite honestly, it's, it's more difficult as you have more time in because you see what you want to adjust uh, over the years. Now come into a situation like this where it's uneasy. You're not getting regular information, of course, from the league, understandably so. Dan and I are talking. We talked, I don't know, four or five times yesterday. It gets a little frustrating because you're looking for concrete answers. And again, as you become sort of longer in the tooth as a general manager, you want answers quickly. And oh, by the way, the wins are never as enjoyable as you go longer into this, and the losses are a lot more <laughs> catastrophic. So life is different, for sure. You know, it, it is different, but where some see challenges, others see opportunities. The Atlanta Falcons have done a great job of developing players through your Plan D program. We do know, we feel confident at some point, you guys are going to go to training camp, and away we go. How is your developmental plan when it comes to your younger players? How critical will it be for that to be a vital part of your team building process this year? Bucky, I mean, our plan D, we, we take a lot of pride in it. Dan Quinn and his coaching staff do a heck of a job with that. They're really dialed in. We believe in it. The big thing is not only the players believing in it, but of course the assistant coaches believing in it. You have to have everyone accountable, focused, and, and ready, to, ready to roll in that area. We have some great contacts, as you can imagine, in other leagues. Our contacts with guys like R.C. Buford in the, in the National Basketball Association you know, in, the, in, in basketball is so good for us because we're always talking to some of our confidants in that area, talk about development and the nuances of developing. It is really, really important for us to stay up on that. We're going to make some adjustments this year that, that I'm excited about. Dan was really involved this offseason in looking on how we're going to adjust our plan D, and I know that he's going to be ready to go, and so will our assistant coaches vital for us well td all of us here together have scouting experience so i'm just curious selfishly from a scouting standpoint what do you envision that being like for your department are they going to be able to get out this year or is this going to be a scout from home situation you know daniel that's a tough one and, and three of us know how difficult it is to go out when everything is open and smooth you have your bagels you have your donuts you have your coffee you're bringing your coaches are happy to see you now, I mean, we're not sure. We're not only sure with that. We're not sure what the, the colleges and universities are going to be dictating. We're not sure what we're going to be dictating as a team, you know, team policy. But in the end, it, it comes down to league mandated issues and, and league mandates. And we're, we're still waiting on that, of course. If it's completely open or if it's not completely open and it's only, you know, visiting to watch live games is another another consideration. So, Everything is up in the air. Once again, not only are coaches uneasy, and you guys can attest to this, but as personnel men, we're a little uneasy. We're not sure who we're going to see when, when we're going to see it. Will it be in the middle of the year? Will it kick off from the very beginning? It's uncertainty. It comes back to this, guys, and you guys know this. Adaptability, 
and awareness are two words that I continue to stress to our staffs and how important it is to make sure that we have a grasp of those two words and the understanding of those two uh, words and approaches. You know, it's funny, Thomas, because you brought up adaptability and you guys had to adapt on the fly as everybody did with not being able to go out on the road with workouts, following the combine and those things. Is there anything that you learned from using technology during the run up to the draft that can help your scouts adapt to potentially not being on the road and having to do more film like scouting from afar as opposed to being able to go in there and get all the background and the other stuff that we're traditionally used to doing? Well, Bucky, that's a it's a great question, and one thing from the very beginning, and, and this actually came from our from our owner Arthur Blank in a in a town hall, basically stressing the importance of all of us becoming more and more comfortable with the virtual interaction, and not not playing it off, and not feeling like we're shirking duties because we're not in the office. Let's take a deep breath. Let's realize how we can truly approach this the best way, the most effective slash efficient way as we can. And I think we spent a lot of time in the offseason doing that, Bucky, and I think it's going to be very important for our scouts to have a really uh, detailed uh, plan on how they're going to approach it. So back to let's just say we don't go into colleges or we do. We still have unbelievable connections with coaches you know, throughout the colleges, throughout the NCAA, where we're going to be doing a lot more regular interaction with these coaches and these confidants and these, these close contacts that we have at these universities. It's going to be really important. You know, we, we found out through the through the offseason, you know, even leading up to the draft, through free agency and the draft, our interaction with the players via Zoom or Teams was really beneficial for us. Yes, we weren't there, and I always use this line, and everyone heckles me about it, but we're not there able to sniff the, the pits, so to speak. But we are getting an opportunity to truly, right, we know how that is, literally and figuratively speaking, it's tough. But we're really trying to, to, to really get into those conversations read the eyes, read the interaction, read the energy. And, you know, of course, it's not nothing like being live, but to be able to do that regularly on those kind of calls goes a long way. So if it's not only with the players, it's also interacting with the coaches that can be very beneficial for us. In the very end, understanding that we are going to have to be adaptable, make the most out of us, most out of it, tap into our coaches' connections who are connected with coaches there's a lot of different ways we're going to approach this to make sure that we have the best plan we can, COVID ready. And you all know this. In the end, I was listening to a really cool podcast recently, you know, approaching that, that pandemic highway, making sure that we're not too extreme on it, but that we're going in with caution. We're looking right, looking left, and we're also not disrespectful because if we're disrespectful to the pandemic, we have many, many more bigger issues to deal with. Uh, it's a great point you bring up there. One one takeaway that I have so far from this conversation, though, TD, in Baltimore, uh, when I started there, we talked about smelling guys' breath. Uh, apparently, with the Falcons, you sniff their pits. It's, it's a different way to do the same job. You know, it, it really is. TD, you've been very generous with your time today. Uh, good luck to the Falcons. Hope you guys stay healthy. Hopefully, we get a season here. Thank you, guys. Great, great always being with you guys. Thank you. Oh, that was fun. You know, Thomas has always been very uh, gracious with his time uh, for us, Buck, and... Uh, I did. We had some fun though. We talking about uh, what was it? Uh, sniffing, sniffing pits. Uh, we were yeah, a smell your breath team. Did you, you guys ever say? There. I've never heard sniffing pits. Yeah, you got it. You got in there. You got You got to get. You got to get close. You got to be able to smell their breath and really know them. And yeah. man, the armpits. That's really personal. Yeah, that's, I'm more of a smell your I breath don't. type person. You know, I, I've had yeah. people say, 
you know, that you're close to, hey, is my breath, is my breath okay? I've never had somebody said, like, put your arm up in the air and say, hey, is this, am I good? Is this good no. here? And it hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a weird thing, especially, like, uh, when people pit out. Like, that's, that's not, yeah, a, that's that's not, not a deal. Good. I'm, Nothing good I'm good on that. I, I, I tend to run away. Uh, <laughs> can I tell you about a couple college kids I've been watching here, Book? Yeah, let's talk about it. Did a couple receivers. One is already up. The other one I think is going to be up early next week, but I did them back to back. Talk about different guys, and uh, I referenced it in the in the post about Coach Billick and building a basketball team. We've talked about it for years here on on the podcast. And uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota is kind of that power forward. He's not six four. He's listed at six two two ten. But just real physical, um, and especially at the catch point. You know, one of the things when you're talking about evaluating wide receivers, uh, somebody told me this a long time ago, and I, it's something that stuck with me, and you can really notice it when you pay attention to it. We're talking about guys that have confidence in their hands, and they believe in their hands, mm-hmm. they have strong hands. If you're watching guys on in cuts, and you see guys uh, settle, and it's almost like one motion, right? They gather at the catch point uh, on a dig. And you see other guys that freaking haul right through that thing, don't break stride, catch it on the dead move. It, that, that little thing, you know it when you see it. It's kind of hard to explain it. But you can yeah. see who trusts their hands and who doesn't. Yeah, and, and I even take it a step further. Like when you talk about guys that trust their hands like that, like guys that are always what I call pluckers, hand yep. catchers, typically they have big hands. Um, they typically have hands that are over the 10-inch mark. Uh, for me, DJ, I had small hands. And so I had a tough time snagging balls consistently. The ball had to hit my hands consistently for me to feel like I could catch it in my hands. So I became more of a, a body catcher. And, you know, we typically downgrade body catchers because mm-hmm. you just worry about the inconsistencies that can happen when you cradle the ball against your pads and those things. Um, guys that have big hands like an Odell Beckham Jr., a Michael Thomas, uh, Larry Fitzgerald that I previously mentioned, those guys tend to always snag the ball with their hands. And it's a huge advantage when, when guys can kind of take it off the rim and do those things. And I think the other thing that is coming into play as we begin to look at the elites, I am now, I'm not saying that speed doesn't matter, but I'm not giving it necessarily the weight that I previously gave it. I think in certain roles, if we think about the way that we break up the wide receiver core, the guys that tend to be number ones traditionally aren't the speedsters. They're the guys that may be Four or five a little a little slower, but they're 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 thicker, they're physical, they have great hands, and they can kind of endure the physical context. The speedsters tend to be the vertical stretch guys, the complementary receiver, the number two guy that you need to have because it's important to have at least one of those guys on the team. But the guys that are typically the lead receiver in your program. Traditionally, he's not the fastest one. He's someone who has enough speed, but he doesn't have to be the blazer. Yeah, that's true. And, and with with him, when I watched him, and some of it, I don't know how you are. When I do comps, a lot of times the number can get me. So I see a number and I see another player with the same number. It helps you. Yeah. It, it, it reminds yeah. you of them. So yeah. he's 13, reminded me of Michael Thomas, you know, because he's a big, bigger guy who can play in the slot. He's physical versus press. He's physical at the top of his route. Now, he's going to have to make the adjustment of being a little more subtle uh, with what he's doing in that regard. Yeah, to push he gets away with, yeah he pushed off a lot. He gets away with it at the collegiate level. He won at the NFL level. But I was curious with you, uh, when you when you got to the National Football League, was that something that was taught from a position coach, or was that something from the vets that they would kind of show you, hey, you can't extend, you got to be able to use your elbow, you can't extend all the way out? It's a combination of both. Um, I was lucky, like, and, and I'll tell you this, this is crazy to think about um, how fortunate I was to go to Buffalo 
and to have Charlie Joyner, a Hall of Famer, as the position coach, but to look up to Andre Reed, a Hall of Famer, wow. who's the number one receiver. And what Andre Reed would do is he would pull you to the side and say, hey, instead of pushing up top at the shoulder, you want to put your hand on their hip because they can't see it. And yep. you'll create more separation. Charlie Joyner would also walk you through um, little things, little subtle tactics that you can do to gain an advantage. So depending on how good their position coach is, yeah, you can you can teach Rashad Bateman how to get away with the tricks of the trade. Depending on how much he studies the game and the guys that he looks at, does he have enough awareness to say, hey, I should study Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Thomas, guys whose game are, are, are closer to mine? And can I steal something for the way that they play and the way that they are able to have success? No, no, it's that's great. It's great advice. What a heck of a, a DB room that you had, or a, a receiver room that you had there, Buck Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know it was so place. good that I ended up playing DB. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was so, it was so great that I was like, oh man, look at all this great advice. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go backpedal. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, we've all been there, uh, one way in life or the other. That's for sure. Uh, the other receiver that I watched was Jalen Waddle. You know, what do you know? Ho hum, oh, another man. Alabama receiver. Wow. And yeah. I'm anxious to see. What do you think of this? Because when you, he's listed at 5'10", 182 pounds, he has got big-time juice. But not just juice, just change of direction quickness. You see it in the return game. He's tremendous as a punt returner and a kick returner. And just big-time, big-time speed. His Auburn tape is as good as you're going to see it. 98-yard kick return for a touchdown in that game. A couple other touchdowns down the field. Just wow speed. But it wasn't just the speed. To me, it was the short area quickness that he had. I think he's a little shiftier than Henry Ruggs. Uh, mm-hmm. Ruggs is physically stronger than him. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have as high a grade on him as I did on Ruggs just because he's a little bit slight. But I wrote down Santana Moss. He reminded me a lot of Santana Moss. That's a good one. Because DJ, what you what you pointed out is something that I wanted to make. I, I did a thing where I had to put the top rookies from 2019. And Terry McLaurin was was on that list. And he was on that list because I think he's a rare find as a speedster who also has stop start ability. Yeah. A lot of times it's hard for guys that are fast, four three. Four, three, five, fast to stop and change direction on a dime. It takes them a lot of steps to gather to get in and out of breaks. With Waddle, Waddle has the ability to go zero to sixty in a hurry, but stop and go zero to sixty in another direction right away. And that is a rare trait to find because when you can find a speedster who you can teach and develop to be a route runner that can do other things besides goes and posts, but can run the full gamut of the route tree because he can drop his weight and he has the balance and body control and burst to get out of it. Those are the guys that you fear from a defensive standpoint, because those are the guys that, man, you give them so much cushion that they now run all the underneath stuff. And they just, they just pick you apart with 14 and 15 yard gains. You come up, they run past you. That's the guy that as a defensive coordinator, I don't want to have to deal with. And that's why Waddle is a guy that's going to get a lot of attention in the process. Yeah. I'm anxious to see him hopefully get some more balls this year. Um, the receivers that moved on when you have two first round guys that, that leave I know they have a deep group uh, but hopefully he'll be a little bit more featured as he was uh, towards the end of the year because man he is fun to watch and uh, just make you miss they can get him they can get him on some of the college stuff with bubbles and tunnel screens and all that kind of stuff but you can see him get down the field and get in and out real quick uh, like you mentioned he's not a he's not as natural hands catcher nowhere near as natural as Bateman he lets the ball into his frame a little bit more um, but man once he gets the ball in his hands hold your breath yeah, and, I, and that's something that, like, as a scout, DJ, what I would do is if I'm presenting him, 
I think we have to talk about him being a high volume guy, meaning, look, he's going to have some drops and some of that's going to be in his DNA. But the ones that he catches, they have an opportunity to be touched. Three, three for a buck oh five. You know, he's going to have yeah, lines and, like and, that. And, 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 and so what you have to do is you have to convince everybody that we're going to be OK with a couple of drops that may show up on tape because the rewards are going to be so tremendous when it comes to his ability to put points on the board. And, you know, having been in those rooms, guys that can score points are valued. They're hot commodities. And the fact that he can score not only as a receiver, but as a returner, when we get to the end of the process, that's going to be an extra gold star that goes on his tag because his ability to score points from anyone to feel is significant and it really matters in the evaluation. I'll be curious with him, as we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, the offseason and, and guys, are they self-motivated and uh, are they dialed in? Listed at 182. So does he come back and he is he, you know, a good-looking 190, 188, 190, which would be great? Or does he come back and he's 172? You know, like that. that's the kind of thing we don't know. Yeah, because depending on his frame, yeah, he, he very well could do that. And the trick will be now as evaluators, if we're not able to go – into Alabama and really get our eyes on him and see him in September and then see him again in November, provided that the season is played. We won't get a chance to see that progression. Like, man, when I came in, wow, coach, he was, he's 175 when I saw him in September. But by the time I got to him in November, he's 180, 185. Like what happened? What was it? What were his off season habits? Like talking to the strength coach, a, what kind of worker is he? All of those things that we normally would have in a normal situation. It'd be interesting trying to discover that information now. So last topic for today, uh, and it goes along this line. Let's say that, you know, some sort of football, college football is canceled for the fall. You know, we've already heard, you know, some of the one double A's and the Ivies shut it down. We'll see what happens with some of these group of fives. But let's just assume some of these prospects don't have a season and that the combine goes off as as planned and on the regular schedule i was thinking about this think back to these two players remember vic beasley mm-hmm. vic beasley played at clemson and like it was we were all told he played at like 230 like yeah. high 220s 230 but then he gets a couple months to train for the combine he showed up he was he what like 45 and like yeah. rocked up like he had put on you know significant weight 15 pounds or so um, rocked up. Remember Tyron Smith? Tyron yep. Smith played at SC in like 279, 280. He showed up at the combine. He was like 15. He looked it's huge. Swole. And I just but remember that's, that's with a couple months. Yeah. That's just a couple months. What happens when these guys now? If you're if you're an NFL prospect at the Ivy League, you know, or one of these other conferences, you can start your your training right now. So instead of two months, you're talking about you know six, seven months to get ready for the combine. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a tremendous opportunity to to swell up and not only swell up, but you get a chance to show people that you can hold and play at that weight. A lot of times when guys show up at the combine, we speculate whether it's good weight or bad weight. Uh, Can they hold it? Can they maintain it? Uh, This is the potential. Uh, Now, when we get them, as we say, like now we put some money in their pocket, we give them opportunity to get them a real training table and all those other things, how they can benefit. We'll get a chance to see that. Um, and see it play out. And it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting when we talk about the the leagues that are electing to play in the spring. When it comes to the workouts, do we grade those guys on a curve? Because it won't be the same set of circumstances that Power 5 schools have gotten in terms of the training. So when we evaluate them on their 40s and and what they do at the pro day. Can I give you the answer to that? It's, it's, It's something we've talked about before. 
let's be smart about this. Do you care what a guy runs on a watch in Indy, or do you care what his MPH was on a football field and pads? Because yeah. that is the equalizer. Because now you can't make that argument. Oh, he didn't get a ch- chance to train. No, I don't care about shorts and T-shirts. How fast were you on the football field? And whether you played in the fall or the spring, those numbers, that's apples to apples when we compare those two. That is apples to apples. And, you know, like we, we talked about this on the podcast before, but the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams drafted Van Jefferson off of the data that they're able to collect when he was playing at Florida. Talking about the miles per hour and the GPS the stuff. And, too. And, and the senior bowl, Yes, the senior bowl. So they worried less about the workout. And so how readily available that information is could be huge in the evaluations. Maybe we're headed towards the combine. You know, the 40 is the big selling point. You know, and I, trust me, I'm, I hope it stays because it's, yeah. it's entertaining. But really, we always say the medical and the interviews are the real important thing. I don't know that we don't get to the point where the MPH, in-game MPH, replaces kind of the importance of the of the Combine 40. Well, also think about this. Think about the people that we talk about that have manufactured good measurements at the Combine that never played to that standard. We've seen guys who, in training three or four months, become Olympic athletes, mm-hmm. run faster than we see on tape, jump higher, post better athletic numbers than we see, and then we get them into camp, and we're like, see – this is the same guy that I thought. I've yeah. been tricked. I've been hoodwinked by his appearance. And so um, we, have, we saw a lot of teams that were able to work around, like lack of pro days, lack of private workouts, to make decisions based off of the tape. Given the pandemic, we may have to stick with that model for a while because that may be the world that we live in for a little bit. No doubt. Uh, what are you working on, Buck? What's in the notebook this week? So the notebook this week, we're going to talk about Sean McVay. Some of this is off that conversation that you had with him about how the Rams are changing. But really, he came out on our our friend Dan Haley's podcast, and he talked about how they're going to be a little more running back by committee after watching the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to explore that. I'm going to talk about the top 10 rookies from the 2019 draft class. And then we're going to talk about what we talked about, how football can look different uh, without the home field advantage. I'm going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Helly's new podcast. It is it is really good. Um, for, if you're looking yeah, for it, it's called Helly. Yeah, he has got to get more eyeballs yeah, on there because I, I looked at the YouTube here. stuff. I looked at the YouTube stuff. He has to get more eyes. So all of our guys should kind of check it out. His conversation with Sean McVay was fascinating. Also, he had a pretty good conversation with Brady Quinn that was also enlightening. Yep, a good one with Mike Vrabel. It's Pod H-E-L-L-I-E pod and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts so he's a buddy and i would encourage you guys to check that out a reminder on the tv show uh it's going to uh, launch six o'clock eastern uh that's tonight july 23rd as we're recording this and then 6 30 we'll have the justin herbert 360 episode right after that also going to have uh, some re-airs for the show plus the the herbert 360 saturday 5 and uh and 8 a.m eastern time so be on the lookout for that uh, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, we are so fired up. At least we've got we've got players showing up. We're seeing arrivals uh, of, of quarterbacks with Herbert and some of these other guys showing up to camp. We're getting close, Buck. Uh, we're almost there, and we appreciate you guys joining us uh, along the ride here for one weird, wild off season. That's that's for sure. Uh, anyways, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.